Jason Waller here, True Underdog Podcast and YouTube channel. Listen, make sure you subscribe today. You can go to iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can go to our YouTube channel, True Underdog, or you can visit trueunderdog.com and subscribe to all of it. Damn, damn, damn. True Underdog. Damn, damn, Unleash damn. the power Jason Waller here with the True Underdog Podcast, Entrepreneur Apple's top three podcast. You can follow us on Google Cast, Apple Podcast, Chrome, YouTube channel. Everything's out there. Make sure you subscribe. I've got a really cool guest today. He's an EY Entrepreneur winner like myself. Uh, he's been, you know, back in the streets in the hood, back in LA when he was a kid. So I can relate growing up in Phoenix. I'm super excited. But most of all, this guy, I'm going to learn some lessons from him today. I want to introduce Ryan Blair. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good, Jason. Thank you for having me. Hey, now, look, you're known for being the CEO of AlterCall and the CEO of, let me make sure I pronounce this right, uh, Visalist Sciences? I used to be the CEO of Visalis. Right, um, right. You yeah. sold it and, and and made like 790-something million or something, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> something like that. Well, I wanted, <laughs> hey, something, I wanted the listeners to know, like, hey, this is a big deal because this is somebody that came from nothing and built his wealth and, and built things up. And then, you know, you're doing the altar call. Now I want to talk about, you struggled with mental health and ADD as well, right? Well, I struggled with mental health my entire life. ADD, you know, moderately dyslexic and had a lot of learning disability challenges growing up. So that was part of it. And, you know, my entire adult life, I had them. I just channeled it into entrepreneurship, which having some of these you know, attention deficit disorder and learning disabilities actually lent itself very well to the sport of entrepreneurship. Yeah, it's weird how that happens. You, you can use something that we think is hindering us in life, but we can actually put it to the positive and, and do good things with it. Now, due to your background, you know, you had issues with a criminal record. Is that correct? Yep. Oh, yeah. So, so you, you struggled to get jobs early on, but yet wanted to be an entrepreneur, correct? You know, I, I had one job. I was always afraid that they would find out about my background. My criminal record was as a juvenile, and so I had it expunged. So I was fortunate enough to get my act together prior to turning 18. But I still had a lot of concern about this stuff coming back to haunt me my entire career. But when I published Nothing to Lose, I took all my skeletons out of the closet and put them in the bookstore. And as a result of that, everybody knew that I had that background. That's where I was going next. So you have a, a New York Times bestselling book, Nothing to Lose, Everything to Gain. Talk about that book. Well, the book was inspired by the type of people that I met in Juvenile Hall, the people that had literally nothing to lose. And as I became an entrepreneur and became successful as an entrepreneur, I realized that the mindset of having nothing to lose was the best asset that you could have, that most entrepreneurs... They have something to lose. They're afraid of losing their status in society. They're afraid of the perception of keeping up with the Joneses or whatever it is. And so where I came from, I, you know, in, in the mindset that I had, I really was like, I have nothing to lose. The only thing that I had to fear was going back to where I was, you know, in a crack house in a gang infested neighborhood. And that was never going to happen as long as I was successful as an entrepreneur. And so I really had nothing to lose. And that was the attitude that I had as I started scaling you know, a lot of times people start to get concerned and they start to get scarcity or fear as they scale from a million to five million to 10 million to, you know, in my case, 60 million a month in sales. And having that nothing to lose mindset was key to me scaling so fast and so far. You know, I always like to say that people play to not lose. They play it safe. And when you've got nothing to lose, 
then you play to win, right? I mean, that's kind of the mentality that some of the entrepreneurs out there have is, you know, when something's given to you, you're scared to lose it, right? And you're you're playing to not lose. You're playing it safe or prevent defense. But when you've got nothing, like you said, what your book's about, you're all in every time betting on yourself, doubling down, risking everything. That's how you build a business from the ground up to do 60 million in sales a month is you're re-betting on yourself every time, right? Yeah. Well, and as an entrepreneur, once you've obtained the skills of revenue generation and profit creation, then you can apply those skills anywhere and you can start anything from scratch and be successful. So you're no longer worried about the employee paradigm where, you know, I'm worried about whether or not I have a job or I have income. I can create my own income and create my own job at any time. And that's a whole different mindset than what most people have. Now, you built the first company you were part of, Visalis Sciences. It was a multi-level marketing company, correct? Yeah, Visalis was the fourth company I'd started, yeah. Yeah, so let's talk Let's talk about the history of the companies that you started. You know, what was the first company you started? First company was called 24-7 Tech, and my uh, tagline was, if your computer's a wreck, call 24-7 Tech. Nice. And I, I got an MBA in what not to do in running that business. I parlayed my skills from an experience from that business to starting a company called Sky Pipeline that I built into a $25 million company by the time I was 24. That was a wireless broadband service provider. From there, I started a social network called PathConnect. This was in 2004. Um, and I took the technology of PathConnect and I integrated it into a small startup called Visalis, which was doing 20,000 a month in sales when I took it over. And I helped scale that business to 65 million a month in sales. And about 635 million a year in sales, 100 million a year in profits. And then we exited that in 2012. Now, Visalis had some struggles in 2008, adversity that you had to overcome. Yeah, the recession, I've weathered the recession, I've weathered COVID. And, you know, in my 24 years of being an entrepreneur, I've got to see a lot of things happen. You know, I first started as an entrepreneur when 9-11 hit. And so I went through that uh, recession. And then uh, the 2008 financial crisis hit. I went through that recession and then uh, COVID hit and I've gone through that as well. And so when you were, when you sold your business and you decided that you wrote a book after you sold your business, is that correct? I wrote Rock Bottom to Rockstar right as I was, uh, yeah, it was after I sold my business to Blythe. In your book, you talk about like a rags to riches story from gang member to multimillionaire. What are some of the things, I always believe history repeats itself. And you just mentioned like 9-11, right? The 08 recession, COVID. What are some similarities in all three of those that you've seen as an entrepreneur that people have had to overcome? Well, you have to adjust your, your offer to the public based on the sentiment of the public. In a economy like we're in right now, people will spend a vast amount of money on luxury and on certain items. And when we go into a recession, people are not going to want to buy luxury. They're going to want to buy alcohol and cigarettes, and they're going to want to buy things that help them escape the reality that they're in. So you have to look at the marketplace and you have to make various adjustments based on where the marketplace is. If you're selling a product at scale, if you're only working with a niche, it's different because different niches respond to different marketplaces differently. But when you're looking at a, you know, creating a product that is uh, a mass market product, you have to adopt to the sentiment within the marketplace. So I'd say that would be one key learning from that. And then the other is, is, you know, you're, and this is something that I've learned in the building of my present company, AlterCall, is I tell people I'm in the house building business. 
And I built a couple of houses. I built four houses in the past. And some of those houses still have uh, elements of them that exist today and the companies that have acquired them. And those houses weren't built for 10, 20, 30 years. They were built to take advantage of a marketplace opportunity and to you know, get me an exit, for example. The house that I'm building today, I'm building it quite differently. And so the foundation has to be built differently. But I don't look at my past successes and think anything but I'm just going to take what I learned in building that house. And there were storms that hit that house. There were events that knocked that house around. There were things about that house that, you know, maybe it had a leaky roof. Maybe the plumbing wasn't just right. And I'm not going to bring those uh, negative things that I did to that house into this house. I'm going to build this house with the experience in mind and, you know, the understanding of the different types of storms and different types of things that are going to hit this house in this environment. You talk about storms and and that and I love the reference of the house and I want to get to your new company as well. But I was told something not too long ago about the difference between a, a cow and a buffalo. Have you heard that story? I have not. <laughs> okay, so you're you're gonna like this. I think this might be down your alley. So I heard this from my co-host John LeBlanc, and I love it. I use it all the time because things reference it. But a cow, when a storm is coming, a cow will actually run the other way. And what happens is the storm just hovers over that cow for a while. And, you know, put in perspective with us, like when we have problems or anxiety or, or issues and things going on, when we don't deal with them, we don't try to release them. We don't try to, you know, handle them and we're avoiding them. We get anxiety, we get depression, we get anger, all those things kind of like a cow, but a buffalo sees a storm, it runs through it. So it gets through it and it's looking for the sunshine and to get through it fast to get it behind it. And that's the difference between a cow and a buffalo. And I, I try to put that, that perception in my business and in my life when things feel hard. Now, a word from our sponsors. Which brings me to your new business that you opened up, Alter Call. Talk about that. Yeah, Alter Call started as a, a passion project because I wanted to help people change their lives. I, as an entrepreneur, I dealt with a lot of escapism, substance abuse. I wasn't happy. The more successful I became, the less happy mm. I became. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And so I thought to myself, you know, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way of doing life as an entrepreneur. And so I started crafting a curriculum and a system and principles and practices around a new way of entrepreneurship that wasn't burning the candle at both ends. It wasn't sacrificing your family in order to build your fortune. You know, it was a way of entrepreneurship that was very holistic and it was built on having alignment in your mind, your body and your soul and your role, your purpose on this planet. So it's a very spiritual practice that I've been developing for my fellow entrepreneurs. And I've now mentored several thousand entrepreneurs through the various programs that we've launched and, you know, I just spend my life mentoring entrepreneurs all day long now. I love that. I, you were recently talking to David Meltzer, who's my mentor. Yeah. David, I love David. He's one of my favorite people on the planet. He's such a good human being, but he's brought me along and, and it's him and his partners that keep telling me I need to meditate. Yeah. And I see you're real big into meditation. Talk about someone like me, who's an entrepreneur who is 16 to 18 hours a day. You know, I've got four kids and two grandkids. This is my third company I've built. I'm always all in this company. We're doing, we did about 600 million in sales. We're looking to transaction soon. And, um, you know, we're on pace for a billion dollars in 2022, but it's a solar company, but we've scaled it from the ground up and, but sometimes it's exhausting. And the more successful you get, the smaller your your circle of friends and loved ones are, and the more depressed you get. It's not about buying nice things. You just get 
depressed. You're looking for better moments and memories and things that last and, and not tangible items. And so what would you say to someone like me? Cause I, I'm always like, how could I be happier? How, how could I meditate? How could I relax a little bit? Cause I'm just so wired. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was in the exact same boat. And the first few people that introduced me to meditation, I thought they were just crazy. And I thought this was not for my brain, their brain. It might work just fine for, but not mine. And, you know, when I went through a, a very difficult, dark period in my life, when I lost my mom, I was willing to try anything. And so I decided that I was going to attempt meditation. And I learned a few simple practices for it. But the thing that really hooked me about meditation was an, a science a report that I'd read, or article rather, that said that meditation increases your IQ by up to 23%. And when I saw that, I thought to myself, that's an advantage. Like, what would I do for a 23% a competitive advantage in the marketplace? If you're a poker player, you do anything for a 23% competitive advantage, right? And so as an entrepreneur, 23% competitive advantage, if I meditate to that of my competitors not meditating, I'll figure this process out. Also, meditation is attention training. And so we need to learn how to train our attention. And so it's not just a spiritual practice, but there's some real tangible scientific benefits to it. So when I understood that intellectually, I said, okay, I'll try it. And the thing that I learned, the simple uh, meditation that I learned that changed my life was I just close my eyes and I go outside and listen to the birds singing. And if I can't get outside to listen to birds singing, I have you know my uh, Alexa or Siri play meditation music with birds in it. And I just close my eyes and I train my attention to the sound of the birds. And I try to listen to those birds and the different variety of birds that there are until I can get to a place of calm. It generally takes about 20 minutes to go to a place where you have gotten to a place of calm. Once you do that, you will start to be able to observe your thoughts. Now, this allows you to take inventory of what you are thinking. And that you'll find that a lot of the stuff that we think is really nonsense. It has no relevance. It's noise. It's not important. But we just haven't gotten to a place where we release those thoughts. And so they stay in our mind and become noisy until we figure out a way to discharge them. So after you get to a place where you observe your thoughts, then you can release them. And once you release them, then you can make room for more powerful, potent thoughts. After you've done this practice for enough time, you will get to a place where your thoughts no longer control you. You control your thoughts. And I'm living proof of it. And you'll start to have a real deeper connection to your mind and an ability to channel your mind and channel your attention and your focus toward really meaningful things. When you look at, and one of the other things that you mentioned was, is around, you know, happiness. When you break it down, we have energy, we have time, and we have money. If we get our energy right, we'll get our time right. If we get our time right, we'll get our money right. And so meditation is a form of getting your energy right. And once you have the right energy, as you know, in your profession, some days you show up and it's like you can move mountains and other days you show up and nothing works. Right. And you're like, today was a total loser. Everything I tried to do just didn't work. And it was your energetic state that you showed up to that day with and the energetic state that everybody else connected to you with that determined the results of that day. And so I developed a process and a protocol where I really dial my energy in so that my time is extremely efficient. And therefore, I'm able to spend the time with family and have the quality time that I need and able to 
make the impact that I'm capable of making that I desire to make and that I, you know, I believe my soul came here to make. And when you dial all those three things in, you're able to live a life where you're able to have the resources that you need to make the impact that you need and still recharge and rest and restore and so forth. You know, I, I have to try to meditate because it sounds promising and you're right. 23% IQ that got my attention. Right. And so, uh, (laughs) but finding happiness, you know, how does one discover life's purpose and happiness? Every single one of us has a purpose. What we have to do is we have to detach from all of the things that society tries to pin us with you know, detach from status seeking, detach from comparison to others, detach from a lot of the external things. And we have to attach to really knowing ourselves and trying to identify the specific things that make us unique and different. Each of us has a soul and that soul has a personality. And when you strip away all of the layers of mud that we accumulate by way of our existence, by way of culture, by the media, by society, by the divisiveness that's going around in society, and you detach from that stuff and you do that through meditation and through some other modalities that that we teach, When you detach from that stuff, you can then really start to see clearly what are the things that make you unique and what are the things that you can bring to this world that are uniquely offer the world betterment. And we're all here to make the world a better place. Every single one of us should leave the world better than we found it. And each of us has the opportunity to do it in our unique way. And I have frameworks and things that I teach people how to discover that. But once you discover that purpose that you have, then you're in a state that I like to call activated. You're no longer having to do time blocking and time management because you won't want to lose any time that you could dedicate to fulfilling your purpose. And so every minute of every day starts to get accounted for because you want to express yourself in the world as positively as you possibly can. And I, I was the exact opposite of the person that I, that I am standing here before you today. You know, I was anything but that. I tried to escape. I, you know, I escaped to substances. I escaped to all kinds of extremism. And I can tell you right now, the greatest thing that you could possibly do is get to know yourself and then you'll never need to escape. You'll never be lonely and you'll be quite satisfied with, you know, a walk in nature or a stroll through the park or some quality time with your children. And that'll be all the love that you need to be able to then fill up your cup and give that love to your customers and your team members and your stakeholders in your business. I love that. And you know what I love about your story is, is you come from nothing, you build up multiple businesses, you fail some, Adam, you learn, right? A lot of people think failure, oh, they're, they're stuck in the hole, they're done. But you took that and said, hey, I'm going to do this better because I learned from that. You continue to, then you really built a business where you got to the top and you had the exit. You had everything. People think, oh, I got all the money in the world. I'm happy. That's what they think. But really you're more depressed and it you started to hit rock bottom. You got, it's money doesn't buy happiness, right? Happiness is fulfillment. And so you had to find what really did that. And I think the listeners out there and the viewers out there, some of them, you know, as entrepreneurs, they open the business for the wrong reason. You know, they're opening it because they want to go buy a Porsche or they want to buy a Lamborghini or they want to get rich. And you have to have a why bigger than that. And obviously when you get to the top, I have a motto, every day's a playoff game. 
my therapist, I see a therapist, I think most and everyone should probably, she always tells me I never enjoy the journey. I'm always moving the destination further. That's really good in business. It's really bad in life. And so I'm missing those moments you're talking about to go outside and hear the birds or, you know, enjoy nature and relax. And I get in a good way. I don't get jealous, but a good envy of people like yourself that have been where I'm at but have gone to the other side and David Meltzer too, as well. Like that's what we're always working on, you know, frequency and, and laws of attraction and energy and how we can get to the next side. And so it makes me feel good. And I hope the listeners understand this, that chasing money is the wrong thing to do. And that's not what I'm chasing. I'm chasing for everyone to own their power. And I love my movement that I'm a part of with solar, but I'm, it's still struggle because it becomes such a big monster to feed so many employees, so many things going on that once you're in, you're in, you can't get out. And it's not that I want out, but I want to be able to have kind of that peace of mind, that, that freedom, that feeling of knowing myself and relaxing and finding some more happiness rather than just chase, chase, chase. But as the old expression goes from your lips to God's ears, uh, you know, you just put it out there into the universe that this is what you want. And I know you're a highly capable, highly skilled person with a lot of great contacts and I'm here to support you in doing that. I have a lot of frameworks and things that I learned along the way, because I can tell you that the energy that I have today is 10 times that of what I had in scaling my business to 600 plus million and beyond. And I know that the business that I'm building and the way that I'm building it and the way that I'm architecting it, it's got far more promise than anything I've done in the past, just because I have a sustainable amount of energy that is infinitely powered. So I'm not uh, working off of power sources that are depleting and that are taking away energy. I'm working off of power sources that are renewable. And when you dive deep into meditation and you dive deep into really understanding that, you'll realize that there's a whole nother level of consciousness and a whole nother level of skill connected to that consciousness that'll make you a more effective leader and a more effective entrepreneur. The universe or God or whatever you wanna call it is effective and efficient. And so for us to model ourselves after our creator, we wanna become more efficient. And meditation and breath work and the other modalities that I teach simply help you become more efficient with your energy. And the more efficient you are with your energy, the faster and uh, more successful you are at deploying that energy. Now, a word from our sponsors. What would Ryan tell his early self at 25? I've thought about that question a lot. I've actually asked it as well. And, you know, what I would tell myself today to my 25-year-old self is probably a different answer than I've given a lot of other people. But I'd, I'd probably go to my younger self and say, you are going to be extremely successful. You are extremely talented. You're at the genius level in certain things. And there is no chance you won't be extremely successful. So have dignity and don't compromise. And by dignity, I mean, don't do stupid things. Like I wasted tens of millions of dollars and stupid things, partying like a rock star, chasing women and fame, doing drugs. You know, I would tell my younger self that all of that stuff is not worthy of the dignity that your soul has within you. And the capacity that you have to create is far beyond that of your imagination. And so I would coach myself because you know, I didn't have a coach. I had venture capitalists that invested in me and I had some great mentors, but no one ever showed up and said like, we're going to take you to the highest level possible. 
And that's why I've created the program that I've created and I do the work that I do because some entrepreneurs that are out there, they have the capacity to be the next Steve Jobs. They just don't have the right mentorship and the right person that sees their genius and says like, we're not going to do these 25, 30 things so that we can do these few things that are going to really express your genius in the marketplace and help you fulfill your soul's you know, work. I heard in you say compromise. I think that's always something that we look back on and say, oh, I compromise my morals or my thoughts or what, who I am today chasing or doing something wrong there with that dignity. I, I think I think that's important. I mean, I, when building a business, you know, I try to make it about the people, right? We just had a holiday party recently with 2,000 plus people and we gave out $290,000 to the employees and we had five $25,000 winners. And to see the faces of some of those employees changing their life, they didn't expect that they're able to buy a house in your business. You're changing people's lives. They're able, it's not, you already have all the money. You don't need money. There comes a point where you make enough money. It's irrelevant. People don't understand that the more money you you can't spend it all. So it's not about money for you, but the feeling that you get, I want you to share with the listeners out there of helping people explain that feeling. Well, I'm a father. I have a 12 year old and I know you're a father as well. And the greatest leaders I know are the greatest fathers that I know. And so I just simply try to be a great father to my team. And for those that are females to be a great mother to your team. And when I see my team members, as you just described, hitting new levels in their career, achieving new levels financially, I feel like a father that's witnessing one of my children, you know, that I've spent a lot of time mentoring and developing. I feel like I'm a father that is able to celebrate that win and that victory with them. And that's what entrepreneurship really is. We are problem solvers and we are actually contributing to people's livelihoods. We're putting Christmas presents under the Christmas tree. We're upgrading the family meals or the family vacations by way of our vehicle. So the work that we are doing is so meaningful and it it is so legacy building. Whether or not your vehicle, like my vehicle, I directly mentor people through my vehicle. And in your vehicle, you're helping people free themselves from the tyranny of the electric company and from being, you know, from being exploited for in perpetuity, right, by the electric company. So you're literally freeing people of exploitation and of the tyranny of these electric companies, raising prices on them and charging them in perpetuity. Many times senior citizens can't even pay their electric bills and they're dying in their homes because of the way our uh, fossil fuels consumerism is driven. So the work that we're doing is world-changing, life-changing work at a direct level and an indirect level. And so for we really have to be renewed in our purpose as entrepreneurs and understand that the work that we're doing is really God's work. And particularly for those of us who have a vehicle like you do and I do, that is really changing the world. It's changing the way people do business. It's changing the way people live in your particular case. And so you know, us entrepreneurs, we are the solution to society's problems. It's not the politicians. It's not the government. These people are not going to fix your problem. It's an entrepreneur that's going to come clean up the environment it's like yourself. It's an entrepreneur that's going to teach a new way of doing business like I'm doing that are going to be the change that's going to affect society in a way where, you know, we have less pollution and we have less alcoholism or drug addiction or abuse in the system. Man, you got me pumped. You got some energy. I can tell you that because you just got me jacked up, excited about what our movement's about, what your movement is about, and what entrepreneurs do, that vehicle of change, whether it be the employee and or both the customer. It's I agree with you a thousand percent. I never really looked at it that way. What I love most about 
doing my podcast. And I've had some really cool people on here as well as yourself. It was really inspiring and cool is I always feel like I learned something. I always get coached a little bit. I feel like I get a little better. I hope the listeners get that too. When they, you know, hear people like you, Ryan, talk about your success and talk about how you care and value what people are doing, because we need more of that in the world today. The world is so divided today and it's not what it's supposed to be. You know, we're, people aren't helping enough people in the world today. They're very self-centered and selfish. Yeah. Well, the world's messed up. People's, people's hearts are closed. If everyone just opens up their heart and really says, how do I bring my unique genius to the marketplace? And how do I make an impact in the marketplace? The world will be a, a whole different place. And that's my mission is, you know, I'm going to change the world by changing the way the world does business. I'm going to teach people to be more heart-led because if you have a bigger heart and you have more love for the product that you're creating, the service that you're offering, the team that you're leading, you're going to make a bigger impact on the planet. There's no doubt about that. And the world is changing. Business leaders are becoming more mindful. Bill Gates recently adopted meditation and he was a sworn atheist and now he's meditating. So, you know, the world is shifting right now and I plan to do my part to help make that shift. The other thing that I was going to tell you about the energy transfer that you're receiving right right now, you know, this is what my role is on the planet. My job is for people to see their purpose and the power of it and the impact that they can create on the planet and to be their biggest cheerleader. And so if there's ever an opportunity that I, I can serve your team or you and letting them see how powerful and how important the impact that they are making is, you know, count me in because I want to make the world a better place by having people see their purpose and take action on that purpose. Well, it's funny you say that. I was thinking the same thing because we bring guest speakers on all the time. We, you know, we get their book. We have, we have about 450 sales guys and 450 people in production. We do a book club. We do a book club where the directors give them a book. They come back, they read part of the book. They do chapter things, you know, for about 30 minutes a week. And it's really taught a lot of our employees how to think like an entrepreneur or how to take it to the next level. And, and there's been some great books they've done, uh, you know, it worked with, I think yours is right down that alley and to bring you on would be a blessing for our team. Absolutely. They I would, would love to, they would be so inspired. And, and I'm always looking for that. Like I know David spoke to him recently too, and it was fun. Like David is, is such an inspiration as well. And his story is unique, but how can the folks listening and watching find you and your business? Now we'll have everything on the bottom, but how can they find you in your business? The best way, if you want to make a personal connection with me is just go to my Instagram. I'm in the DMS. I'm at real Ryan Blair on Instagram. You can also catch me on at altercall.com. That's A-L-T-E-R-C-A-L-L.com. Or you can buy my books wherever books are sold. Perfect. Well, listen, you're truly breathtaking to learn about all the adversities, Ryan, and how you bounce back to serve people and a purpose with all your life experience and success. There's no easy road to success. I always tell people there's no elevator in life. You got to take the stairs and happiness is fulfillment. Success is fulfillment. So you got to keep it real. Failure is part of the lessons of success. So thank you, Ryan. True Underdog, stay connected with Ryan here. Make sure you give him a follow and definitely get his book. I know we will. That's a wrap on True Underdog. Bam! And that concludes another episode here on True Underdog. If you're interested in hearing more, make sure you subscribe at iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or the YouTube channel. You can always visit trueunderdog.com. Subscribe to all of them. Make sure you check out our newest episodes coming out on Mondays and Thursdays. True Underdog, baby. Bam! 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 True Underdog. Bam! 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 Bam